Hello, everybody. It's so good to see you this Wednesday night. I'm so glad that you joined me. If you hear anything in the background, it's my dishwasher. So sometimes you've got to uh, have the dishwasher going while you're doing something else. <clears throat> but um, I was born in 1956. And so when I was um, age 15, one of the most popular songs uh, in my life was written and recorded. <clears throat> it goes like this. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, nothing is going right, close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer and fall, all you've got to do is call and I'll be there, yes I will. You've got a friend. The second verse, if the sky above you grows dark and full of clouds and that old north wind should begin to blow, keep your head together and call my name out loud. Soon you'll hear me knocking at your door. <clears throat> then the chorus again, you just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call and I'll be there, yes I will. Now, ain't it good to know that you've got a friend when people can be so cold? They'll hurt you, yes, and desert you. And take your soul if you'll let them. Oh, but don't you let them. And then there's uh, a couple other parts to the song, but this song was written by Carol King, supposedly in a response to a line in one of James Taylor's songs on the album Fire and Rain that said, I've uh, seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. So she recorded it, but also offered it to James Taylor to record it as an act of friendship, thinking he would do a really good job, um, that it was well suited for him and as a help, as a friend to help him. Um, he was 23 years old and help him get started, you know, in his music career and help him make it in the music industry. They recorded it, Carol King and James Taylor separately recorded it on the same day in the same studio with some of the same background musicians and singers, just as a, an act of friendship. It was a true act of friendship that Carol King extended to James Taylor in the cutthroat music industry. And they're still friends to this day. The song lyrics speak of friendship, in the recording of this song, how they recorded it speaks of friendship too. It also illustrates, the lyrics of this song illustrate our, the human's great need for friendship. We all have a, a, a deeply ingrained need for friendship. You know, God created us to need each other, to need friends and to be a friend. But most of all, most of all above everything else, God wants us to be friends with him. He wants to be our friend. He wants to be our God, um, our King, our Lord and Savior, our helper, our comforter. But most, but but within all of that, he wants to be our friend. God is your friend, and he wants you to be his friend. He wants you. He wants to be your friend. So I'm titling this today. You've got a friend. The whole Bible talks about God's desire to be friends with us. Um, I'm going to read from Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, verse 1. 
it says, this is what the Lord said to the children of Israel. And the children of Israel are an example or a type of the church. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Uh, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see how much God cares about his people? He cares about us so much. He's our dear friend. He's going to stand by us. He's going to stand by us and be our helper. In Romans 5, Romans the 5th chapter, the 6th verse, it says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God wants to be your friend, and, and uh, he provided... Uh, Jesus Christ as a go-between, as a mediator, as a person that, that was going to make that friendship possible. And God instituted that. God gave it. God gave us that gift because he wants to be our friend. And we need to be cleansed of our sins to be truly friends with God. And he provided that in Jesus Christ. In John 15, John 15, the ninth verse, it says, as the Father has loved me. Now, this is Jesus talking. It says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus is saying that there's no greater love than to give up your life for your friends. And Jesus is calling uh, us his friends, that he would lay down his life for us. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. So Jesus is calling us his friends. If we do what God commands us to do, God is our friend. Isn't that awesome? In James 2 verse 22, it says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. He's talking about Abraham. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. See, we can be friends with God when we put our faith and our trust in him. When we put our faith and our trust in him, God considers us his friends. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Isn't that an awesome promise to know that God 
is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Do you know why? Because we're his friends. We're his children. And he values us and he cares for us. You know, God's friendship is so holy. It's to be treasured. It's to be valued. It's not to be taken for granted. Jesus suffered and he gave his life for this friendship, this wonderful friendship. God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, he's not our homeboy. He's not our chum. He's not... He's not, you know, he's not a, you know, huggly buggly guy that you, you know, you just want to gush over. He's not, you know, uh, people have called God and Jesus all things, all kinds of things, crazy things, you know, trying to show how wonderful he is. But he's not our chum. He's not our homeboy. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the king of the universe. And he's given us this wonderful, precious gift of friendship. Did you know that you can cut off God's friendship, God's friendship, uh, the possibility of God's friendship by um, refusing his gift of friendship, refusing salvation? When we, ref when we refuse to put our faith in Jesus Christ and uh, decide to live a life of sin instead, the Bible says that we cut that off. We just cut that off. In James 4, verse 1, James 4, verse 1, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So this scripture really shows us that we have a choice. We can be a friend of God and have that friendship, that value that friendship with God, or we can be a friend of the world and live in sin and live in all these things that the Bible calls sins. So we have a choice. And you can make that choice any time in your life. I encourage you to make it as soon as possible. But there does come a time when it's too late. And that time is when you breathe your last breath. And we never know when that might be. Um, we may live to be 100 or we may have a sudden death or an illness that takes us off this earth earlier than we expected. And after we breathe our last breath, it's too late to put our trust in Jesus Christ it's too late to do it then. Um, so I, I just encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and take advantage of that friendship while you're here on this earth. And um, the end of the story for people who are friends of God is really, really, really awesome. So I'm going to read what uh, the end of the story for those who have treasure God's friendship. It's Revelation 21, verse 1. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and he will be his people, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, 
well, the, for the old order of things has passed away. So the end of the story for people who are friends with God, who take advantage of, of God's friendship, uh, they're going to live in this holy city, this new Jerusalem. And um, the Bible says that there's going to be no more tears, no more pain, no more, no more crying, because God's going to be with us. And uh, it's just going to be an awesome and wonderful time. So I just want to encourage you today to take advantage of God's friendship. If you're hooked up with God, he's, if he's your friend, then the Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will always be faithful to you. He will always look out for your best interest. He will always love you. He will always protect you. And we all need a friend like that, don't we? We all, all need a friend who will help us and comfort us and be with us at all times. And even lay down their life for us, which Jesus Christ did. So I just encourage you to take, take advantage of the, that friendship that uh, God is offering you. He's reaching out his hand to you to be his friend. And if you've never done that, I just encourage you to do that today. The Bible says that we should confess our sins to, to, to him, to the Father. We should repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he will wash away our sins and he will uh, make us his child. And the Bible calls us a new creation then. Uh, the old things are all washed away and all things become new when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. So I just encourage you to do that today. Also, um, if you have learned from these messages, if you um, have benefited from them, we just encourage you to like them on social media and share them with other people so other people can be helped. So I just want to leave you with this. God is your friend. He cares about you. He loves you. He uh, wants to uh, spend time with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to pray to him. He wants to help you. So uh, you've got a friend in Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit.